0: park flyer podcast episode one your first aircraft
1: welcome to the park flyer podcast where we discuss the ups and downs of the new rc flyer join your hosts michael and jay as they take flight at the park now on with the show
0: Hi everyone, Michael here and welcome to the Park Flyer podcast where we discuss our RC adventures and try to help the new guys get started in park flying. If this is your first time, thank you for joining us today and if you're a return listener, then welcome back. I'm joined today by my co-host, Jay. Hi everybody, this is Jay from the AK. (laughs) How goes it tonight? (laughs) It's
2: going really well. Even though there's a little bit of freezing temperatures out, we're doing okay up here
0: good I'm glad to hear you're staying warm actually yeah something like that. our topic for today is for the new park flyer out there and it's basically we're gonna talk about your first aircraft uh, I know searching for those planes can uh, that, that help you break into the hobby can be a little overwhelming uh, and there's a lot of choices out there wouldn't you say oh absolutely Mike but you know the new guy definitely
2: falls into a couple of categories there's the, um, they want to have the biggest model that they can, they see something that's really cool and they got to have it. Uh, there's the speed demon, you know, type of guy who wants to have that plane that goes a hundred miles an hour. Um, and then you have the guy who
0: doesn't want to listen to anybody and just buys whatever. So, uh, yeah, I, I had, I had one of those guys actually, um, a couple of years back we were out flying and this guy shows up. He's got one of those park zone, uh, strikers you know the gray ah, and the, yeah. got the tiger stripe ones i mean flat out of the box the thing does what sixty, seventy 70 miles an hour easy on a 3 cell and yeah and that was we were using like brush motors back then now they now they can modify it and it gets even you know faster but um anyway he gets this thing out and i i look at him and of course you know i've got my little AMA instructor patch on and ask him if he needs help no 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 i don't need any help and uh <laughs> He he proceeds to launch this thing at wide open throttle, and not not the way we're flying. You know, we try to fly in a pattern and, and, and make a little box where we have a east-west type runway kind of set up, and this guy tosses it right across the runway, full throttle. That thing disappeared like a homesick angel, man. It just went out, and of course, it was never to be seen again because it went into the neighborhood. <laughs> he lost sight of it, you know, and you know, and then now it's gone. And, and so I felt bad for the guy, you know, we talked about, he jumped in his car, drove around for like an hour. Uh, couldn't really find it.
2: And, and I'm sure uh, he wouldn't you know, I'm sure he was saying that, Oh, stupid airplane.
0: Oh, Oh, <laughs> it's always the airplane's fault. Right. Always. And uh, well, you know, two weeks later when he shows back up, he's got a brand spanking new F 22. <laughs> of course. The guy's never flown. It's just, he's never flown. And so, now he shows up with this EDF, and of course I walk over. Hey, how's it going? You know, and you know we're doing great. And then well, well, let me let me interrupt
2: he- you just for a quick second. So when did you learn that he had never flown before? When did that dawn? At least dawned on you that
0: he he had never flown? Um, probably when he launched the thing right across the runway. I mean, it was very obvious that it wasn't really a runway. It's just a little patch of you know area where we fly, but uh. He just didn't, you know, it was some of those things, you can kind of tell a new guy, he shows up, he's got the nice shiny, you know, foam airplane, and he's, he's all excited about doing, hey, everybody, look at my new airplane, and, you know, do you need help? No, no, I, I got it, I got it. You ever done this before? No. <laughs> so that was the big hint right there is, what, he's say, hey, do you have a lot of experience? No, I don't have any experience. Okay, well, that was the first red flag. The fact that everybody came running into behind their cars, that was the second red flag. You know, they're all kind of get out of the way. And, uh, you know, the fact that he launched the thing at full throttle and, and it disappeared because he didn't really know how to control it. And that's really what happened to the F-22 as well. The F-22, you know, had little wheels on it. He decided that was a better way to do it and uh, it basically you know, took off and the F-22 pitched up in the air. He rotated way too soon and it went left and right. You know, he inverted and pulled it right in the ground and foam went everywhere. So you know it's just disturbing to watch guys that that kind of get into that the hobby and they get, they get a little over their head um, you know, it's kind of disturbing so what I would like to do tonight is to is to try and talk a little <laughs> bit about what the first aircraft really should be and and I think we uh, we might go out uh, to some of the parks um, and you know and interview a couple of the guys ask them what their first ones were. but I think the most important part is to have an e p p airplane. Oh, absolutely. EPP is the
2: miracle plane that's out there today. I mean, compared to what you could get, what, about six years ago when you started with the GWS-style beer cooler foam-type airplanes where the minute they hit the ground, they would explode into like this confetti-like material (laughs) and just scatter all across the field.
0: That was longer than six years ago, by the way. All point. right, well, you know. so <laughs> time, time me, not not so, not so yeah, good. Yeah, it's been like almost fifteen now, but uh, whatever. Who's counting, right? <laughs> Who's counting? So, yeah, it was, it was yesterday, it, right? Seems, but I, I do understand what you're talking about. The the, the beer cooler phone, that styrofoam stuff, when it hit the ground, uh, my very first airplane, believe it or not, was a cardboard box. Um, I, I I cut, you know, part of the cardboard box or the the, what do you call that stuff from Michaels? It's the the foam board, foam board stuff. yeah, yeah. So that was my very first uh, park flying airplane. I mean, I started out on a glider, I, I, thanks to you, but <laughs> uh, that didn't seem to go very well. So we, I started building those, uh, you know, kind of a, more of a blue cord type stuff. But I, got, I went to Michael's and I bought that, you know, that foam board stuff. I never peeled the paper off of it because nobody told me to do that. And so this thing weighed a million pounds and, you know, give or take a an ounce. Uh, and it and it flew, but it didn't fly well. But it flew, and, it, and when I crashed it, it wasn't that big of a deal because it only cost me like ten bucks, um, you know, to get all the parts and everything. So, but nowadays they have EPP, and, and EPP is uh, very flexible, and there's a lot of companies out there that sell EPP uh, for for new type airplanes. And I think it's important uh, that that the new flyer into the into the market. Has a little patience, doesn't go to the hobby store or online and see this big shiny $400, uh, you know, foam airplane and decide, hey, that's the one I'm going to learn. on.
2: Oh, but Mike, it's so nice and shiny. I got to have it. Come on. I got to have that (laughs) plane that's shiny and nice and goes fast. I just saw
0: that guy fly. It went so fast. I got to have it. Oh, man. Well, exactly. And and of course the guys at the store don't help out too much. Either. <laughs> I, mean, I love the local, lo, local hobby shops are great. I, I so, totally support those guys uh, when I can to, you know, go by their place and buy things, but it's very difficult because they're in the business to make money and they're in the business to sell what they have on their shelf. Right, and right. it's a lot easier to sell what's on your shelf than to order something. Cause if a guy's going to order something, he can usually order it offline anyway. So if I walk into a hobby shop, I want something in my hands today. And, um, you know, E-Flight's really come a long way. They, they, uh, they've put out a lot of good airplanes that are in EPP foam. Some of those T-28 Trojans and some of the other ones are, are at least, you know, on, on the verge of being a new newbie airplane. So what they have the part, like so what, what type that? of, what style of, of aircraft do you think most
2: new guys should get into? Because, you know, once again, a lot of guys want to start and they want a uh, a plane that has full control. I mean, uh. You know, ailerons. They have uh, you know rudder, you know el- elevator, the whole lot. You know, maybe with flaps too. Um, and a lot of times, I say to people, you know, all you need is three three channel plane. You don't need to start out with a full you know full boat for an aircraft. What's your thoughts? Well,
0: no, that? I agree with that. I mean, I I agree because you know, as a new guy, you're not going to jump out there and start doing three D stuff. And um, you know, I fly every week usually with uh, with some new guys and I've seen them kinda grow but they all started with with just flat profile EPP type airplanes and you know there's several companies out there that uh, that make those Uh, and you know you can put it together relatively cheaply I think the kits usually cost somewhere around 30 to 60 dollars and you can buy a a little motor through half a dozen websites you know for five or ten bucks the most expensive part of the whole hobby is is the radio. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but even the radio, the radios even nowadays have come down to you know in the hundred dollar range where they used to be thousands of dollars. Uh, but I, and and the radio you can transfer from one airplane to the other, so that's only a, a single purchase. Uh, but the but the profile EPP airplanes I think lend themselves to you want something that flies slow. Uh, you want something that uh, has ailerons. But not necessarily, you need to use them right away. I mean, you don't right. you can disassemble that channel and just fly with a rudder and elevator um and and then, if the airplane does hit the ground it it bends you know it it flexes it doesn't come apart right and if it does break, you can always use hot glue or that's a little heavy, but you could always use some sort of a um, i don't know what the foam tack sure. or, foam or, tack
2: or a uh, quick grip. Uh, any type of grip. flexible glue, and even the glues that uh, sometimes come with the, uh, the kits, um, they're like a, a contact cement, work very well. Um, and then if you break out chunks, this is the nice part about EPP, if you were to break chunks out of it, um, you can use something, an expanding glue, like uh, my favorite and your favorite, uh, white Gorilla Glue. And uh, oh, you yeah. throw that on, I have, like, throw some water on that, that stuff. and then let it all foam out, grab a hobby knife, shape it back, and you're good to go. And it works really well for it works well with the e p p planes and it doesn't weigh that much, yeah, I buy that stuff by the case <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, yeah, they see you coming oh mr moan you got your <laughs> we got your monthly case right here
0: for you, yeah, they just put it aside for me when I go out there. <laughs> And the good news is you can get it at like Home Depot or Walmart or wherever. You know, right, any store. Local no, local store. You don't have to go to
2: yeah. any specialty store. Yeah. Speaking of which, it's kind of funny. Uh, a lot of guys think that they have to go and buy all their supplies at the hobby store. And once again, I'm not saying not to shop at hobby stores, but I will say that stores that your wife shops at, Michael's, uh, Joanne's, um, you know, have all the glues that you may need right there. And like I said, True. and 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 if you happen to be walking by Home Depot, you know, like I said, the Gorilla Glue, uh, Quick Grip, um, glues like that are in there. Um, so it's amazing that you can get these things at other places than the hobby store. So it's okay to it's okay to shop outside of those things.
0: Yeah, and if you want to make your uh, your flight that particular day very exciting, use CA glue on your EPP foam. Is about the time you get airborne, <laughs> it'll come apart, and parts will go everywhere. It makes it for a very exciting day. Trust me. I've seen it happen. No, I think that's the only reason. I, I think I've we're going to probably have to have.
2: I, I think we're going to have to have a podcast just to talk about glues and and what when what to use them on and what not to use them on because that there's a lot of stuff that goes on with a lot of beginner people who use the wrong glues for the wrong type of repairs or the builds. Um, So I think, I think we're definitely going to have to address that in a future,
0: future podcast. Yeah, I'll I'll have that written down for a podcast somewhere down the road, but uh, yeah, I put that on our list. So is there anything from a new guy's standpoint that he can do, um, you know, because a lot of these guys buy stuff and they go out to the park. I've seen them, you know, we stand on one side of the park, there's a little group of us that fly and you'll always see that one guy way on the other side of the park and he steps out and he's got this new thing. You can, you know, a new airplane. You can tell he's kind of new. I always try to go introduce myself, and uh, since I'm the test pilot of the group, you know, I always go out there and try to see if his setup is good. But can you think of anything, or w- would you suggest anything that they do to, you know, kind of get better? Well, I will say that for for new people, it's maybe a human
2: psychology thing with males, because the, I mean, the majority of guys who go out there are males, but. It just seems to be a, a human reaction that they see a group of people who are doing a sport or a hobby and they're a little fearful to go over and talk to those people. And the funny thing is, we're not a biker gang. You know, you, know, you got to come up and show up with your tats and you got to show them what, you know, show me your medal when you walk up, you know. Um, I would say that... Your, your, group, your group might well, not be but yeah, we are. Yeah, we do, well, we have to fight with knives and fight bears up here. But um, <laughs> it's just amazing that park flyers are the most friendliest people regardless of where you go, uh, where they're helpful and they, you know, they want to talk to you about their planes. They, they're, they don't care if you're a beginner, you know, it's not like you go, you know, in some sports you show up and you're a beginner, you're looked down on. And this is a sport that people have gone through that and they've spent money and they go, well, I don't want that guy to make that mistake. It's an, you know, I could just tell him and it's an easy thing for him to correct. So I guess for beginners, just be friendly, go up, walk up to people, introduce yourself, Tell people that you're a beginner, and people will get out of the get out of their out of your way or go out of their way to help you. Um, so it's a it's a great thing about the sport. Um, I I say a second thing that people could do to help them when they're new and getting into this. Um, when I started um, the very very first time I started flying RC was about 20 years ago, and um, it took me about a month to build the plane. I put it all together, you know, whittling pieces of logs. And putting them together, and and by the time I got done after my month, I had it all done and covered. It looked beautiful, and uh, it was it was an overglorified power glider. And um, I started up the motor, threw it, it flew beautifully, just like it said in the box, beautifully for about 25 seconds, going going <laughs> north. But the minute I turned it south to come back to me, well, of course the controls were. There and I crashed it like within three seconds It's all over it was all over (laughs) it took me two weeks to put the plane back together glue everything back together whittle a couple of more logs slapped it all back got it back once again another 30-second flight out I turned it around three seconds it was in the ground and I stopped the hobby Um, and then you know about 20 years later I tried it again but this time there was a few other tools that were out there Uh, one of the things that I got was a flight simulator it was the best that it was better than a slice of bread it really was i was able to fly that and it was nothing overly complicated it was just a simple bare bones one but still just the act of flying this thing um in a simulator for a month and then when i finally got my plane together and went out and flew and for me it was more i had to wait for the temperature to go up so i didn't freeze so when it finally got nice enough for me to go outside Um, I was amazed that I actually flew it that 30 seconds down the field, turned it around and flew it back. I was overjoyed. And then I was hooked after that, but it was that simulator of me putting in the hours in that sim that really amazed me what I can do. And for you, especially I was, you know, since I started before you did, I mean, you put just like hours flying real plane, flying the sim. And you know, you're that much more
0: advanced than I am just because you've been flying the simulator. Well, I mean that you know, that was one of those things. I uh, a little quick story about that because uh you're right, after you know, you kinda came down and visited and got me into the hobby again, it I I actually wound up picking up a sim, or I think you actually gave me one or sent one to me or whatever, mm-hmm. but uh I started flying it around and I I did. I spent probably, you know, an hour a day on the simulator just to train my thumbs, fingers, you know, how to hold the box, what to look for when the airplane came back. I did all these touch and go kind of, you know, landings and takeoffs and flying it back, flying it towards me upside down, all trying to, just trying to understand all the mechanics behind it. And, you know, so then I, I go out and there's this, there's a club that's, that was near the house. And I went out there and of course I took my little Delta wing, uh, blue core foamy out there. And, I asked everybody on the field, "Hey, you mind if I fly this here?" And one of the guys shows up. "Oh, that'll never fly." And uh, of course, I was like, "Sure, it will." And he he actually asked me, uh, "You know, well, how how many times have you flown this thing?" And of course, it was fairly new, so I told him about two or three times, and he just shook his head like this is going to be a big accident. And, and uh, of course, he asked me if he could help, and I said, "Sure. Why don't you launch it for me?" And so this thing weighed probably. Maybe twenty ounces, maybe, and uh so he right. held it over his head like he was going to really chunk this thing as hard like a baseball, and uh of course, when he leaned back to uh to to toss it, I hit the full throttle and it jumped out of his hands, went skyward, I did about four or five rolls, hovered it over his head, and you know then started flying up down the field doing you know, twenty miles an hour he He just kind of got this chagrin look on his face and goes, "You must have done this before, and I kind of laughed and you know, it was a great kind of introduction to these guys because then they were all interested to see how the heck this thing actually flew, uh being very lightweight and made out of this blue core foam, which was fairly new at the time. And uh great, you know, great bunch of guys. I got to know them. I actually became an instructor at that particular club back then. And it wasn't very um, long before they, you know, started asking me to, to help out. So, but it, it, it was a mostly attributed to the flight simulation that I was able to do. Now, I will tell you today's flight simulator, I'm a big real flight fan. I I spend probably an hour maybe right at it, it, at least it, an hour it's night a and day, day compared
2: to what it used to be and what's out there today it's it really is oh
0: my gosh the new real flight coming out i mean I, I know there's several out there there's the phoenix and a couple of the other ones but the real flight simulator i bought way back when it first came out like the 3.5 or whatever and i've just kept up with it ever since and i i will tell you that I, out of all the flight simulators that i've tested the real flight seems to have the best closest resemblance to the real airplanes Uh, that I've, you know, kind of experienced and, and it's fun because, you know, I know you have it and I have it. We can kind of fly together. All right.
2: Not only, not only is the flying fun, you know, being able to fly yourself, but what I like about the flight simulator, you know, the real flight that they have out now, you know, um, is that you can actually fly with your buddies. You can call each other up and fly with each other. Uh, You can play games together. Um, It's, it's, it's just totally different and new and fun. And interactive that you can fly with your buddies, you know, real time and play games, you know, doing RC stuff. I, I just find that fascinating and, and, and fun beyond belief.
0: Well, and the best thing is you can crash it a million times and you know, how it doesn't cost you anything. Absolutely. That's the best thing right there. Well, cause you know, I, I wound up having somewhere North of 40 some odd airplanes, you know, and I would show up to the, is that all to the park or to the club? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> that's all the ones I know about anyway. I still have a bunch in the boxes, but that's uh, true. Uh, those are built. Um, but yeah, I would show up and uh, you know, they were always looking at it like, gosh, how do you have all these airplanes, you know? And how do you, why like that? And. It just it just was the hours that I put in. So, but so for a new guy that's out there, I always suggest that he get you know a flight simulator, uh, that he spend a little bit of time on the sticks just to teach his thumbs, uh, fingers, you know, Absolutely. his hands what to Absolutely. do, and it, and it gives them that eye hand coordination to where they kind of understand it. I know the guys that uh, that I've kind of helped get up to speed. They've you know either done it via buddy box, right, or they've done uh, you know done it on the simulator. And the buddy box technology has come a long way as well. Um, I mean, it used to be you had to stand next to the guy and take the box from him. Then it went to a cord. I remember those. I had a couple of cords that I would plug into guys when I was instructing them. And now it's all wireless. The, Absolutely. The spectrum receivers. High now, tech. Holy smokes. It is high tech. And it talks to me. That's the best part. Yeah. Right. Because I can't hear. So <laughs> Tells it's, me. it's nice that
2: it actually talks to me because I can't hear anymore.
0: Exactly. So it uh, it definitely uh, definitely makes for a much more exciting time at the field. So, so now, that's my suggestion
2: anyway. Well, like I said, so, well, you were like you were talking about the buddy boxes. So one of the other things that people uh, beginners don't do, besides like I said, they either try to do it themselves. And I will say that this is a group activity type of hobby. And and by that is you can do it by yourself, but it's always funner to fly with somebody or with good friends is nice, but you know, like you have a group that's down there. It's kind of, um, I'd it's say it's not an official group. It's just a group of people who are out there. But I also suggest for beginners to join a group. And the nice part about joining a group is that they have dedicated instructors, you know, and that's one thing that to actually get somebody to help you and buddy box with you, it's, it it takes, it, you're less nervous. You don't have to worry about damaging your plane as much. You know, you, you probably won't crash because you have somebody else to take over for you um if you join a group nice part is if you don't have a simulator you know if you're on a tight budget usually they have a simulator with that club that they'll loan you for new guys they'll you know be able to go out there borrow the simulator or even if you don't even have an airplane a lot of times they will actually have student planes that when you come out there you you go out there and you'll you'll instruct on the or be instructed on the beginner plane that the club actually owns so that's you know, a terrific thing. If you're not sure exactly what type of plane or things or equipment you need to get just yet, you can still learn how to fly and get, you know, get, get ste- a good step in the right direction.
0: I agree. I don't disagree with that. I think it's important. And, you know, I, I've, I've been a member of several clubs. It's kind of fun to go out in the park on your own and just kind of fly. But yeah, you're right. Um, the one thing that I know about the park, uh, guys that I fly with is uh, what they use me for most of the time is they're they're pretty good at assembling the airplanes. Most people can follow directions and buy the right equipment. Uh, it's the setup, and they always say, uh, "Hey, Mike, come over here and you know make sure this right. thing." And they always want they always want me to maiden their flight for them, which most of the time works out really well. I will tell you, I have had a couple where something happened and I crashed the guy's brand new airplane, which is just awful. I feel terrible about <laughs> it. But, <laughs> you know i really do but at the same time it's just like you know i mean what can you do the i crashed a brand new glider the other day that uh you know poor guy spent all his time building and waited for me to get you know time to go do it and then uh, we lost a signal and um i'm not really sure where the 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 disconnect went but it it was flying perfect i did a perfect maiden flight It, it flew a little uh uh nose heavy and so we made a few adjustments back on the ground, and then we got it back into the air. It was gliding perfectly, little motor glider from uh, E-Flight, I think. Right. And, and once again, and, about uh, your, the Radon, about, I think it was right, the Radon.
2: about the E-Flight-type planes, the, the nice part about the hobby now is, like I said, I had to whittle something out of wood and then, you know, cover it, you know, with, with uh, cloth and uh, and all that kind of stuff in canvas. But nowadays, from E-Flight, you can buy something, a UMX-type aircraft, uh, which is Is the name of the things that means they're kind of small planes in the box with a little radio a little toy radio that comes with it for under 150 dollars and
0: yeah that's pretty pretty other than maybe
2: setting it up a little bit there's really nothing for that person to do you just pull out of the box and you can start flying it and now the the devices have flight controllers in them meaning that they're they have some form of um a stabilization on them and it's just remarkable So that even if, you know, a brand new beginner, you put the stabilization on, it's gonna assist you. Now, you can still crash it, but you have less of a chance to crash it with these type of systems in there. Um, And the second thing is, you can get parts for these planes. Like I said, the one that I had to whittle out of wood, well, then I had to chop down a new tree, I have to go to the lumber yard, I gotta gotta mill that thing down into a sheet that I can actually use. Nowadays, you run down to the hobby store, you spend five bucks, um, like like your buddy who crashed the, the Radian, all he had to do is get a new yep. fuselage, but he, you know, within a week he was back. He was back by that afternoon. Two, two or three days later, he was ready to fly. He just had to run down to the hobby store, get a new fuselage, transport all the servos from the old plane into the new plane, and he was ready to fly.
0: Bada bing, bada boom, nothing to it. Yeah, I, I was the one. Just to clarify, I was the one that crashed it. By the yes, way. I. He didn't crash it. <laughs> He's already flown it since then. By the way, uh, you know, because the setup was the, was the important part. We had it all set up. And I've seen some really crazy setups, I mean, guys that had the rudder backwards or the wrong runs or, <laughs> Absolutely. you know, and it's one of those things. You watch a guy and he tosses the airplane, hits the throttle, and the thing goes right into the ground and he can't figure out what, you know, what went wrong. And um, well,
2: well, let's talk about that for a moment. So this is, this sure. is another common beginner mistake. And that is they have their plane, they pulled it out of the box, like I was just talking about. They turn on the radio, they move the controls, they move, and then he just tosses the plane and it abruptly smashes them to the ground to a million pieces because he didn't do a flight check. And, and I'm here to tell you folks, uh, just like in a real aircraft, you want to walk around, kick the tires, move the control surfaces on these little miniature aircraft. You have to do the same thing because I will tell you as many hours as I have building and putting these planes together and doing all this cool stuff that I've gotten to the field, thought everything was perfect. And I said, let me just do a let me do a range check, or let me not a range check, but let me do a flight check just to make sure. And I do a function check, and the ailerons are backwards, or the rudder's going the wrong way, just because as I was fiddling with the radio, I I, fl- I flick the knob or something, and I and I reverse something. It is amazing what you will catch with this, and it's just a good safety habit to get into. So um, another good reason, once again, for beginners to get with a group of people or a club. Is that you learn another second thing, which is safety, right? Because if you lose control and it smashes into somebody's car, guess what? Who has to pay for that? Uh, you.
0: Right. You know.
2: So, doing your safety That's checks. That's true. I
0: I know that uh, the AMA has a Park Flyer uh, program, uh, but a lot of people don't understand how that whole insurance thing works, and it it just covers what your regular insurance won't cover. Right. So. It,
2: it it. I would say that the, you know the insurance portion of it is mainly geared towards people under the age of eighteen who don't have insurance, that that, that they will come forward and help them. Uh more so than right. you and I who are older who have, you know, homeowners insurance and stuff that we'd have to use first before the AMA insurance kicks in. And hopefully the accident that we have <laughs> when it gets that bad that our, our home insurance isn't covering it, man, I don't know what we did or what kind of jets we put <laughs> down. Something terribly, terribly has
0: gone wrong. So Yeah, we're flying turbines in the park is what we do and that's what where- <laughs> That's a big problem. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I I totally get it, um, and I I agree with you as well. It's um, it, it's important because the I think the the radon crash I think had a lot to do with a range check. We should have done a range check. I didn't um, because the guy that you know put it together, he he was usually really really good about setting it all up. I I never really had to look, and I've made in probably half a dozen of his airplanes. And they're always great builds. They they fly perfectly, you know everything about them. He he gets a little nervous, you know, tossing the airplane in the in the air for the first time, but he's getting better at it. And uh, and I think this time he, you know, watching his new airplane go in, I think he's thought, okay, I'm 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 good enough pilot that I could probably maiden it myself and crash it myself. Um, but we definitely learned a lesson, and everybody in the in the group was like talking about range checks for the next uh, week right
2: well murphy's law Uh, says that it 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 increases the more the more that you haven't done something it it definitely increases and we've we've had enough accidents or incidents not accidents incidents that have happened to you and i that have just because of that we we skip a step ah we've done it a million times
0: why would it happen now and then it happens now i mean it's just ridiculous Uh, yeah as that's true. I think you and I had a reversed aileron situation at one oh, time. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think we did. And, and both of us looked at this thing and said, uh, oh, yeah, it's good to go. And it was moving backwards the whole time. It wasn't until after the incident of it laying in a million pieces on the ground that we looked at each other and we're like, are those ailerons going backwards? I guess they are. Well, I. It's always, yeah, terrible. and it's just one of those things. Oh, I thought you
2: were moving them the right way. You
0: know, <laughs> it's, just, right. it's just
2: amazing. Two people looking at something we miss, we miss something that simple.
0: So, um, yeah, it happens though. I mean, you get a lot of brains in the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's definitely true there, Mike. I've done this a million times. It's trust me. Trust me. Uh, that's usually when it all starts to go wrong. Horribly, horribly wrong. So yeah, absolutely. Well, it's uh, it's good topic to discuss. Um, you know the new new pilots. Um, we've had a couple join their our group, and it's always exciting to see <laughs> more ways than one running, get diving out of the way. Yeah, not so much. Um, you know, we are, the, my group has a walk of shame. You know, where if you most of the time I land like right at my feet, but with the new guys, they're always landing. You know, way downfield, and so. Uh, they're having to walk to retrieve their airplanes and it's kind of funny to uh, I mean you've been down here and right. flown with our group and you can kinda of see that we poke fun of each other for this walk of shame and the little email that goes out every week we you know, we talk about who had to make the walk of shame and who didn't. So I try to stay off that list as often as I can. Uh once in a while I you know, my battery gets a little low and I have to go retrieve it, but for the most part I Well, can you're you're the guy identify. they love to hate, right? You know, they, they exactly. you as an instructor, so.
2: but they're just praying that you're going to land out in the field so they can cat call you when you walk out there. It's, <laughs> it's actually quite embarrassing. I'm just like, they're like seething at the mouth, just, oh, he, he landed far away, a foot away, or you had to walk, you know, a couple of meters. Oh, let him have it. I'm like,
0: wow. Well, <laughs> you know, at, at first it was 30 or 40 feet. I had, to, you know, the guy that had to walk 30, 40 feet. And for me, it's like eight feet. Yes. You know, if I have to walk more than 10 feet, it's it's just oh my gosh it's terrible uh, you know Mike had to do the walk of shame all ten feet of it you know and I'm, <laughs> I'm like man I could I could almost like just hop the airplane over from ten feet and I'm not you know halfway across the park I'm just like nope. ten feet nope. away they, from it they, but, I, you know, like I said yeah, you're they, the guy they love to hate you know so yeah they they uh, they love it when I'm there though they're all the time asking when I'm uh, when I'm coming out. Well, you're going out tomorrow, right? It's kind Tomorrow's of Tomorrow's Tuesday, right? Uh, I am. It's a Tuesday, and uh, I am going to go out there tomorrow. I'm taking uh, – I have a Crack Turbo Beaver from Twisted Hobbies. It's an awesome airplane. Um, it does great. I, I love flying Twisted Hobby stuff. It's just – it's EPP. Uh, it's super lightweight. I fly it off of a 2-cell uh, 450. Uh, it's got a little bitty um, – I think it's a eight, maybe a 1500 motor on it. Uh, I've got it set up to where the flaps uh, work uh, as ailerons and flaperons and you know spoilers. It is just an incredibly fun airplane to fly, I, and and since we're in a park and we're on the grass, and I you know i can just run it around and and fly low and and drag the tail and do 3d stuff with it the guys love they love to watch me fly right, right. Aircraft, and especially so it's a much fun. it's a
2: 3d style aircraft and flying it low to the ground you don't have to worry if you hit the ground and i've seen you hit the ground often and once again since it's EPP, you you blow off the dust or you may have to fix a crack you know with some glue zip zip
0: and you're back up in the air again It's wonderful. Yeah, the uh, the good thing about it, um, you know, if you watch some of their videos, they do a a really good job of uh, telling you how to strengthen some of the hinges uh, to where they're not—they don't tear and and, rip—and so if you do bounce it across the ground, then uh, it's not totally destroyed. So Blenderm is my friend. I, I I buy that stuff by the case as well, and all my EPP airplanes have a Blenderm hinge, you know, or they have something that uh, will keep it from tearing. So I usually cut a little piece of blenderm and I put, uh, like welder's glue or, you know, some kind of a, a contact cement on it and it hardens up and it, it, uh, gives it a little stiffness and it won't tear. So excellent. But obviously that'll be in the, uh, glue section of our podcast when we get to that. But, uh, it is a fun airplane. I, I suggest that if you had the funds and, and the wherewithal to go get it and you've been flying for a little bit, that, uh, it's a great airplane to, um, Take out to the park and it fits in the truck pretty easily and i can pretty much take it anywhere right and um so there's a couple of companies that that make some uh good
2: epp planes um i just bought one on a 3d uh aircraft myself it's called the laser it's 32 inches i got it from a company called value hobbies and uh, i think it was a, a whopping 25 bucks for this thing and um it's it's not quite the quality of uh of twisted hobbies but it is a great basher plane. It is a great basher plane to just do some three d training on to fly, you know do things that you normally wouldn't do, and if you break it, smash it, catch it on fire, whatever you're doing, well, it was only twenty five bucks. you can buy it. You could buy half a dozen of them and you know, just have them like uh, Schroeder and from the peanuts would in this closet <laughs> and just pull one out and go, you know, wreck one and go go out and grab another one, and fly it. Um also, before we were talking beginner planes uh, once again uh hobby king has a wide range of beginner planes uh in their arsenal uh one of them is the uh, tup trainer um it's definitely it's a high wing type style plane i think it's it's one of those that you can configure either four channel or three channel once again it's all epp construction i think it might have a plywood um center or um fuselage wrapped with, uh, with the EPP, uh, for at least for your battery and stuff and for your, uh, firewall. Um, but the rest of it's all EPP. Um, I've heard nothing but good things about it. So there, and, and once again, they, I want to say they have maybe about, about four planes that are beginner planes that, you know, of different sizes that, that you could probably configure and use there. So I can't think of the other ones off the top of my head, but, uh, the tough trainer for sure, uh, from them, I know I, I've heard good things about.
0: So, Jay, I had an opportunity to go out to the field and talk to some of the other flyers. Uh, So let's hear what they have to say. Sounds good, Mike. Let's do it.
1: Tell me your name. I'm Phil.
0: Okay. And uh, how long have you been flying?
1: About three years. Three
0: years. And what what was your first airplane?
1: My first airplane was uh, EPP trainer. And uh, EPP is the way to go for starters because you build them, you fly them, you crash them, and you can fix them and uh, epp is really easy to fix
0: what uh do you remember what type of, or what the brand name was or? it was
1: from uh uh foamy uh i forget uh, what was it? foamy flyers or RC foam or something it was a uh, it was a plane with a good dihedral mm-hmm. that also helps too because it corrects itself right it'll write itself in the air
0: now, did you do any buddy boxing or fly with I, I did
1: a little bit of buddy boxing, yeah. That helped to start and I had uh, some good experts help me uh, build the plane and make sure it was straight. But uh, flying it, it it takes a lot of crashes. You have to get past a lot of crashes until you're uh, somewhat confident. And so then was can... the EPP easy to fix? EPP is really easy to fix. There's all kinds of different glues that you can use in it. It maintains its structure. Oh, it tears it tears and
0: so if you had to do it all over again would you do anything different um
1: no i i would just start with a cheap as possible epp plane maybe a, a larger wingspan um so it's more stable in the air and and just get used to it
0: yeah what do you find now
1: so now i have a hacker uh super zoom this um, Hacker, it's also EPP and I've crashed it a couple times. It's uh, ended up in multiple pieces, but you can glue it back and it looks like new. Uh, and it's, uh, it's a real stable plane and has a large wingspan. And...
0: Do you think it will ever move to outside of EPP? Or
1: are you still... Yeah, well I have a couple of uh, EP- EPO planes that I've flown and I've crashed those too. And uh, those flow? those aren't nearly as easy to fix. Sometimes you have to buy new parts. Sometimes you have to reshape some of the foam or use spackle. Um, and I've I've built some Depron uh, Park Flyer jets. Those are really good. And Depron is uh, pretty good foam, too, but unfortunately, I think it's disappearing from the U.S. market. But these Park Jets are uh, pretty easy to fly, too, and uh, a lot of fun, and they look like real jets. They're super fast. Okay. So those are good. We're
0: good. Well, uh, do you have any uh, advice for the new guy just getting started?
1: Uh, again, I would start with uh, definitely go with an EPP plane because new guys are going to crash a bunch of times. And the EPP are relatively inexpensive and easy to fix.
0: So it sounds like Phil has got, you know, some pretty good experience in flying EPP type airplanes uh, as well as some Dupron airplanes. Well,
2: I definitely have to say that Phil is a lucky guy, or at least he's a smart guy. I mean, he's only been flying for three years. Um, He set himself up for success. He sounds like he tried to get as much stick time as he possibly could. So by flying with EPP, right, he knew that he was going to crash. He crashed a lot, it sounded like. He was able to repair his plane and still get back out there, not be, um, as you've probably seen with a lot of new guys, they'll get their shiny plane, crash it once, and then they want to throw it away and not never touch the hobby
0: again well they get they get someone intimidated, I think when they fly but uh i have actually seen and flown some of phil's airplanes and they and they're awesome i mean he he's a great builder uh he ha- he has crashed I've seen airplanes actually break in, in half <laughs> or at least the nose come off of it uh and luckily with the e p p like we've talked about before, you can glue it right back together uh a little bit of welder's glue or a quick grip or whatever it is, and we can you know, we could just put that back together and he's back in the air in just a matter of, you know, a few days of repair.
2: Right. And I, his, his and, and I like when you asked him if, if he'd do it again, what would he change? And one of the things was get a bigger plane. And it doesn't have to be gigantic, of course, but by getting a bigger plane, it's easier to see. It tends to fly slower relative to your environment. You know what I mean? The, the smaller plane because it's so small, it seems to go faster than a larger plane, you know, going by. So, uh, and of course it's not as twitchy, doesn't get affected by the wind. As much. Um, so I like to hear things like that from, from individuals. Um, cause of course when they go out to help other people, they can give that advice.
0: So. Yeah. And the dihedral was important as well. Cause, uh, have, having a new airplane with, uh, with a good dihedral, uh, it, it really is kind of not really a self riding type airplane, but uh, it does have a tendency to be a little more stable in the air. A lot of the flat profile foamies won't have any dihedral in them, but you can find a high wing trainer uh, that might have a little bit of it um, to help you, you know, stay aloft and, and have a good glide ratio and, and fly a little bit slower. Oh, well, absolutely. Um,
2: and w- another thing that I was just thinking about was um, a, a thing that I noticed with most new pilots. um they crank on a stick like it's nobody's business, like they're a, a fighter jock and they're fighting, you know, 12 MiGs in the air. And really, you barely have to touch the stick with uh, just one finger. You know, less is more. And, uh, and they will over control the plane and that dehedral will, not well, like you said, it won't totally save you, but it will self-right or help you along. So the less you do, the more the plane just flies itself.
0: That's true, or, or I hear him fly like this. <laughs> ah, the good old Tennessee twang. I it know is, that sound. Oh, it is the twang. I, I've heard that many times. Yes, yes, I can play a mean tune myself. <laughs> Even from you, actually. <laughs> oh, you
2: better, you better believe it. And you remind me of it every time I fly with you.
0: Well, and, and what that is, is is people, you know, they grab the sticks, and then they as they start to, to move one way or the other, they let go of it, and it, it has a spring on the inside of the radio, and it self-centers. And you should never let go of the stick. You're constantly in control of it, whether you're using your thumbs or your thumb and your forefinger, uh, and you should move the airplane in a very slow, uh, very methodical way. And I think that's a – hard for some guys to do, they'll start moving and it'll slip out or they'll, they'll let go of it because they think it'll right. That's, you know, right itself. Uh, and sometimes that can be detrimental, but you really don't know you're doing it until it actually happens. Right. And, and that's the, and that's another beautiful thing by flying with other people, flying with more experienced
2: people. They can help point out bad habits that you have. I've been flying for, geez, how long we've we been flying for 10 years, 12 years, 13 years. Uh,
0: more than that. that, yeah, I think it's closer to 15, <laughs> 15 to 18 okay. years. It seems like it was just three, four myself. But well, well, I know on the website I, I put that we have over 35 years of combined experience. So however you want to divide that up, it's about how long we've been Wow.
2: Recently, <laughs> <laughs> When I came down, I uh, flew with you at the Electric Festival in, in Arizona. Um, you would point out to me that I was making that twangy sound. Yeah. And that was like the first time. And he, it's a great thing that you told me that because now I'm self-conscious of it. And, and I, not do it as much, I still do it, but I keep reminding myself by, you know, saying right in back of you, stop playing that guitar and fly the plane. Right. Know? So that stuck with me. Yeah.
0: Well, it's good. So, yeah, you I, know, I, I, did, what's that?
2: Oh, I was going to say, uh, who else did you get to speak to out of the field?
0: Um, well, we got to talk to, to Tom and, uh, we can, uh, listen to, uh, what he had to say. And, sure. um, well, uh, you know, we can discuss
3: that. Well, that's uh, my name right. is Tom. All right. And Tom,
0: what
3: was well, your first airplane, first airplane? What are, what are the pros and cons of Well, my first airplane was a Yak. I think it was a Yak 55. And uh, I actually learned on a buddy box with my buddy Jim as the uh, co pilot, or actually the pilot, and I was a co pilot, so it was really great. Whenever I started to crash, he'd say, I've got it. And then he would have control of the airplane. And uh, the nice thing about the Yak is it's very easy to repair. It's made out of foam, so you can crash it, uh, just EPP foam, yeah. So you can crash it, and uh, it comes back with a little glue. And I remember the first uh, probably 20 flights uh, probably broke a prop on every one of those flights and had some sort of repair on every one of those flights. But the Yak just kept on, you know, took a beating and kept on coming back for more.
0: If you had to do it all over again, what-
3: absolutely the same thing you got to go with so, something very easy to fly and you have to fly with people that are experienced so it seems that tom
0: had his yak 55 it was epp uh i love the fact that he said it, it you know he crashed it a bunch of times and it bounced back and uh you know he was able to repair it fairly easy yeah it was really surprising because you don't really
2: think of a yak as being a trainer type plane or some something for a beginner but He was able to make it work because he used or he had somebody who buddy boxed with him. And that is really key for helping someone learn to fly, I think.
0: Well, I agree. I mean, and we talked about that earlier uh, in the podcast where we talked about the buddy box systems have gotten so much better. They've gone from, you know, standing behind him to wire, you know, a wired one to a wireless Uh, buddy boxing and flying with people with experience is very, very important. This is a very tough sport to learn on your own. And and unless you have someone with experience or a buddy box or a simulator, uh, it can be very disheartening to go out, uh, toss an airplane in the air after spending two hundred and three hundred dollars on it, and watch it you know disintegrate into just a big foam pile.
2: Yeah, and you didn't even talk about the Murphy effect, which is you could buy <laughs> a plane that can self-level, have a have a, a autopilot whole nine yards and spend five hundred dollars on this super system and go out and maybe there was a screw loose or maybe something wasn't glued but you didn't have the experience to look for such a thing or you didn't you know go over a checklist on your plane and you go out there and you throw it and the thing falls apart or a key element falls apart you know
0: so yeah i i agree i mean it's uh you know these things unfortunately are are mass-made most of the airplanes nowadays you're not building it yourself you're buying it as a ARF or almost ready to fly kit and if you're new you're right you don't uh, you don't know to check some of the the glue glue hinges or the you know the servos to make sure they're in i don't know how many times i've had new airplanes come in where the gear popped out or the flap fell off or something that was just really simple, but it was just a matter of putting it all together, working all the controls, testing it, you know, kind of pulling a little bit, make sure things are secure. And sure enough, out comes the gear in my hand. and I have to re glue it because the glue, uh, which we're going to have a whole new podcast on, uh, didn't hold. And so, um, you know, those are, those are good things when you're flying with other people. Um, you, you can have them look it over. You can have them check it out. And you can have them look at your setup and make sure that it's ready to go. Yeah, having a second set of
2: eyes. Go over your equipment and double check or triple check something.
0: Hey, it may be
2: kind of annoying for some guys, but it's going to save you a lot of money in the end run. I mean, once again, we have a lot of experience, but how many times have you said something or I said something and and the other member goes, eh, yeah, it's good, or something. And then they throw the plane and they go, uh-oh, it's not flying right. And sure enough, the thing that you mentioned or I mentioned was the thing that happened that we didn't check that one nut or bolt or didn't double check something
0: or range check something? It's happened to you and me several times. So, I mean, it's not it, it doesn't it doesn't just happen to the new guys. Trust me. Oh, yeah. You know, those of us with a combined, uh, you know, flying experience, we, we we do run into stupid things like that as well. So. And, and the worst
2: part about that is, is now that we're more experienced, our models are much more expensive than they were when we first started out. <laughs>
0: That is uh, true. Very, very true. It's um, I have several models that have well over a thousand dollars. I can't believe I admit that, but <laughs> yeah, there's several several of them that have well into the thousand dollar mark. So uh, they do get more expensive, but uh, you know my your skill level gets uh, increases and and I think it's important for someone that's getting into the sport to to look at look at realistic aircraft, not. Don't get the pie, you know, the pie in the sky and, and the gleam in your eye that says, "Oh my gosh, I really got to have this EDF F22," and, and then go out and then crash it because you spend a lot of money, and obviously you, know, you get disheartened at the end. So I, I think sticking with something simple. Uh, Phil mentioned that that he had a hacker. That is a great airplane. It's got a larger wingspan. It is very stable. I love flying that airplane. Airplane is so much fun to fly. It, uh, it flies slow. It's very responsive. If you know how to program the radio or have someone help you program the radio, you can get it to just roll like a drill. The thing just has an incredible roll rate. Or you can get it to be very, very slow and a roll rate. Right. Get it slow, then you can fly it low right in front of you. That's, and that's, pretty, that's a lot of fun. It is is incredible amount of fun, and it's great, you know. Roll it upside down, drag the tail, do some three D stuff. Uh, but if you can't do all that stuff, it's fun just flying it around in a pattern. Uh, but I would suggest do that. Learn to fly in a pattern. Don't just go up there and yank the sticks around and watch what happens. A buddy box with someone. You know, fly a simulator. That's got to be most important, I think, is flying a simulator, and then uh, and then just have fun. I, I think that's the big part is right. just go out there and have fun. And relax, and don't try to over-control it. Uh, Stick with the EPP. It's easy to fix. And stay away from the EPS. That's the EPS foam, which is beer cooler foam. That stuff goes goes everywhere. Uh, I've had plenty of those airplanes, and uh, they are very tough to collect all your parts once it hits the ground. And if it's windy, yeah, it just blows. (laughs) If it's windy, yes, it blows your parts all over the place. Well, Mike, I, I, I think,
2: once again, because uh, the, we're predominantly men in this particular sport, um, you know, men come with their egos sometimes, especially with their toys, you know, whether you're golfing and you want to get the premium golf clubs or putter, you know, and spend all that money. Um, once again, the beginners, when they come in this, they see those shiny, you know, Mustang, P-51 Mustang or or some other warbird out there, and they want to have it, or the super-fast jet, you know, goes 100 miles an hour. Um, but really you need to come in with something very ugly, you know, uh, ugly stepsister of some, some form of a plane. And that way it, it looks ugly. You don't care what happens to it. If you damage it first time out, you don't feel so bad as that model that you spent five hours polishing, you know, and then it, it lands without landing gear and scrapes it all up or on the maiden, you know, crashes. Right. So, um, yeah, EPP that,
0: you know, that, that ugly little stepsister you don't mind dating her speaking of ugly i i think that uh the slow stick oh is probably a good starter plane too i, I actually had one i still have one uh it's a different color my first one was red and i used to go it around in the uh uh at the high school track and i would fly through the goalpost that's i'd fly underneath the goalpost and then climb up fly over the goalpost and through the <laughs> goalpost post. Uh, but it was just a two channel. Basically, had an elevator and a rudder and a, a throttle. I guess a three channel. And it was a it was a stick and some foam. That literally, that's what it was. It was a stick and a foam and some rubber bands. And it was it had my original one had a brush brush motor on it, so it was just uber slow. I mean, it was just so floaty. You could chop the throttle, and that thing would just come just gliding down. And it had these silly spring gear on there. And it would just kind of bounce along. And I probably crashed that thing more than once. But luckily, the rubber bands just came off and and a little bit of uh, CA glue on that foam. And I was back in the air in a matter of minutes. So I always cu- I always kept a bottle of CA glue and some kicker in my pocket when I went out to the field. So Absolutely. That's one of the things
2: we're probably going to have to talk about in another podcast as to what gear to build up and what things to take
0: with you to the field. Because it's amazing how I started out and where I am now. <laughs> that's true it it is a good idea to do that we um we can talk about that in a later podcast so uh was there anybody
2: else at the field that had uh any uh
0: interesting uh factoids or interesting points uh you know it was a quick day for us, so uh most of the time i I was only able to talk to tom and and phil but uh we'll we'll get back out to the field and um you know try to interview some other guys out there. We do have a pretty eclectic group it's uh they're interesting guys we have quad guys. Uh, several guys out there that fly quads. One of them actually holds a Guinness Book of World record for longest quads. that's, so we'll, that's, that's amazing. Uh, it is amazing. We'll do a podcast on those guys, um, but they're you know for being relatively new. I shouldn't say they're newbies because they fly really well and they've had some really good instruction. But uh, at the you know con- considering there are those of us that have flown fifteen, twenty, thirty years in the in the sport, uh, they are relatively new, but they, they all fly EPP airplanes. Um, I know that Phil talked about the park jets. Those things are a riot. He he has built several park jets out of Depron foam, and I've had the pleasure of maiden in those things, and they just fly fantastic. And most of the plans are downloadable from the, from the internet. And, you know, we always talk about the new guy going out to the hobby store and buying a new airplane and, and buying, you know, something out of a box, but you don't really have to do that. You can actually get started like, like I did, you know, cut out the side of a foam box uh, and use a plan off the Internet or go to Michael's and buy the foam board like we talked about. It's uh, it's a great sport in the fact that you can find inexpensive parts and you can build it yourself and not spend a whole lot of money on the actual air, aircraft, uh, but get yourself a quality radio. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I,
2: I think um... – that's another thing people don't realize is that d- depending on whether you're rich or poor, this is really a sport that you can get into now, meaning this, you know, 2016 that you can get in now with not a lot of money. Um, radios used to cost a uh, computer radio used to cost, you know, hundreds of dollars when we started. And now you can get one for 50 bucks. Now you can get batteries for $10, $5. Uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Just how much the sport has taken off and the opportunities that they afford to bring in new users and inexpensive or kids, and um, I just I just hope we can help spread the word
0: and get more people out and, and flying. Yeah, it's uh, it is important. I I I always enjoy when there's somebody new that comes out to the park or somebody that stops by and the kids are all excited. They want to see me fly and uh, or not just me, but the other guys at the park. They you know they want to see everybody flying and then. You know, they they kind of get that gleam in their eye, like, oh, man, I want one of these for Christmas. And hopefully mom and dad will, will go out and, and get them something and then bring them out to the park. And then guys like me can buddy box with them and teach them how to fly. It's, uh, I, I've seen it happen. You know, grandpas and, and dads go out there with their kids, and, and it's a good bonding. It is. Uh, it is. Uh, it's, uh, they make for great Christmas gifts, too, but... I would get a quality radio. We should probably have a podcast on our radios as well. I Think we're we going to have to face with that. <laughs> so, but uh, I think for uh, for now that'll probably cover everything that we need to talk about from the new guys. Uh, feel free to email us at uh, the Park Podcast at gmail.com. And for uh, those of you out there that have any suggestions or comments, uh, feel free to give us a ring. So I guess we're going to be signing off saying goodbye, J and the AK. Until next time. <laughs> and this is Michael. Till next time, have a great one, and we'll see you on the next podcast.
1: You have been listening to the Park Flyer Podcast. Thanks for joining us, and we look forward to your next visit. Please feel free to email your questions, topics, or suggestions to parkflyerpodcast at gmail.com.